we need to understand that every part of the human body is interdependent on each other, which is why mental and emotional wellness plays a huge role with physical wellness. You cannot separate the two. So in integrative and lifestyle medicine, there are four fundamentals, which revolves around your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep, and your emotional wellness. All of them have to work together. So number one, you are responsible for your own health, period. Not your nutritionist, not your coach, not your shrink, no one. You are responsible. You can take help, but you are responsible. No one wants to take responsibility because they don't want to put in the work. Number two, if you want great mental health and emotional health, understand that life is with suffering. It is with sacrifice. There will be ups, there will be downs, there'll be happiness and sadness. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Climatepreneur Show. You know, we have been listening and it's true that climate change is impacting our health, our mental health, our physical health and our overall well-being. While we read these articles, while we read our scientists, while we read the news and while we all feel anxious somewhere or other, is there something that we all can do about it? Is there a way that we can actually safeguard our physical health, our mental health, our overall well-being? Well, today on the podcast, we're speaking with a very special person. We are speaking with Luke Coutinho who practices in the field of holistic nutrition and integrative and lifestyle medicine. His integrative lifestyle program revolves around five fundamental pillars, cellular nutrition, adequate exercise, quality sleep, emotional detox, and the spirit. He has helped people reverse lifestyle conditions, put cancers into remission and overcome suicidal tendencies to live happier lives. Luke has authored four bestsellers and won several national and international awards. He is the champion for lifestyle and wellness for Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Fit India movement. He travels the world to speak on holistic wellness and empower people to live their most extraordinary life. And today, it's a pleasure to have Luke on the show talking about how can we safeguard our physical health, our mental health and our overall well-being. You know, I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. Once you listen to this podcast, please go out and implement it. Please go out and take steps that help you improve your mental health, your physical health and your emotional health. I'm going to leave you into the conversation. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Luke, on The Clampernaut Show. I'm super, super, super excited to have you here. So, you know, firstly, you have had an immense, you know, effect on my journey as an entrepreneur, on my health, because I have been following you. And to have you today here is like, you know, it's like a manifestation. I manifested it and it just happened. So thank you for being with us today, Luke. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's really good to be here. So, you know, Luke, that we know that climate change is the biggest health threat the humanity is facing right now. And while individuals are doing things, while action is being taken all across the world now, it's not that, you know, we'll face the health threats in the coming year. We are already facing the health impacts of climate change. So today I really want to discuss from the angle that, you know, what can individuals really do to safeguard, say, their physical health, their mental health and their well-being? Because it's not just about the physical health. Right now, you know, WHO recently released a report which said that mental health has to be included in the climate action. Right. Because right. it has like such huge impact. So let's really start with that. What can individuals really do? And also one question I'd like to ask you is lifestyle a powerful drug towards climate action? Right. So let me start with the second one. Lifestyle is everything. 
it's everything. People's lifestyle, how they choose to sleep, to think, to move, to eat is everything. So lifestyle is the most powerful drug when it comes to this. Because today you have a lot of people who have access to clean food and clean air, but they never use it. People yes. live in places where the air is clean, but they're cold up into their homes with the air conditioners on, you know, and all of that stuff, never making use of it. So it's really lifestyle more than anything else. At the same time, we need to understand that every part of the human body is interdependent on each other, which is why mental and emotional wellness plays a huge role with physical wellness. You cannot separate the two. Like for the longest time in this world today, everything has been separated. Physical health, emotional health is seen differently, but they're all interrelated with each other. The food that we eat impacts how we think. How we think also impacts what choices we make when it comes to eating. How we feel emotionally decides whether we're going to work out, skip that workout, whether we're going to you know, skip our sleep and stay up watching mindless entertainment. So it's all interrelated with each other. And there are many things that people need to look at. And the first one is changing their lifestyle. So in integrative and lifestyle medicine, there are four fundamentals, which revolves around your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep, and your emotional wellness. All of them have to work together. You can't just have one. You can't just select two or three of them. They're all related. So like to be fair, while there are pesticides in the food, climate change, pollution, all of that stuff, we also need to understand that there are some people who suffer from all of this and some who don't. What's the difference? Your immune system. Mm. If my immune system is strong enough, yes, my lungs are strong enough, I can deal with certain amounts of pollution. It's not ideal and we shouldn't have to live that way. But the whole point is when everything around you is getting tougher, the human body and mind also get, has to get tougher. Yes. But in today's world, people's minds are getting weaker and weaker because that's how society and social media is making everyone weak. It's giving people a sense of entitlement because people have a feeling of entitlement. They become emotionally weak. And look around. You would think that with so much of technology, so much of information, students studying in universities abroad, more wealth, you know, people are spending more money, holidaying more, exposure. But there's so much depression. There's so much sadness. There's no why. Because it's wrong. It's not what people, these are all coping mechanisms for people to feel happy about themselves. But actually, most people are miserable, sad, depressed, and all of those things. And you can see that in statistics. It's not what I'm saying. It's the numbers talking. So yes, again, all of this also has to do with climate and your outdoors. People are spending more time indoors, which is not natural, instead of spending time outdoors, which is more natural. You know, so all of these things play a huge role. And only if we change our lifestyle... You know, while we're hoping that things in the world at a level of nature, at a level of climate gets better because we're not going to last very long if things don't, you know, get better. But the point is, in that meantime, we make our bodies strong. We work on our immune system, stronger liver, stronger kidneys, stronger lungs, stronger hearts, stronger minds. And all of that is done through lifestyle. You know, you said it right. The point that you mentioned about the, like, for example, just recently happened with me, the July. I said that July has been one of the, you know, most uh, weird or one of the most tough months for me. So I still remember, like, while I was going for the workout, the weather was, you know, horrible in Delhi. It was extreme heat. And I just missed workout for like two days. And like, you know, for 15, 20 days, I really didn't feel like going to the workout just because of the weather. And then it took a real step from inside that, okay, Shweta, just let's go do it. And yesterday I went for the workout and I just like, you know, end up feeling like, my God, why wasn't I coming? So right. the weather thing, like, you know, it really adds up to it. Also, Luke, like now you've mentioned that how important it is. Let's really start by addressing that. How do we make our bodies stronger? How do we make our minds stronger? Mm -hmm. So your bodies are stronger through the food that you eat. 
the more junk food you eat, the more unnatural food, food with preservatives and chemicals, the more problems you're going to have. So it's very, very simple. I'm not here to talk about a keto diet or a high protein. That doesn't matter if you're not getting the right ingredients in your body. So it comes to moving back to nature. What is nature giving us in terms of whether you're vegetarian, non-vegetarian, it doesn't matter. But what are your sources of food, the quality of food, the quantities, what time you're eating it, how you're eating it. Most people eat with fear and guilt today, which is a very big problem. Your hydration levels, your water, all of these things are extremely, extremely important for us to understand. It goes into building a healthy body. If you have nutritional deficiencies, low vitamin D3, low vitamin B12, are you correcting them? Because if you don't, you're creating bigger problems for yourself in the future. So, you know, all of these things play a huge role. Today, everyone's eating out. Everyone's on Swiggy, Zomato, all of that stuff. The point is, what is the quality of food that you're getting? How is it coming to you? Just picture this. Most, most vendors are still using plastic containers. Okay, the chef makes a boiling hot soup or a curry and puts it straight into plastic. Mm. Heat and plastic don't go well. Now it's covered and it's sealed. And then it travels 45 minutes to an hour to reach you. By the time it reaches you, most people will reheat that food, which is already really messed up with the plastic. So you see, all of these are huge problems. People are buying convenience because it's instant, because it's quick and it's easy, but they're ruining their health. They're ruining their health. So, you know, while it can play a huge role in people who probably don't have help at home, it cannot be your only way. We have to go back to the basics. You know, the generations before us didn't also have many servants and cooks, but people managed. They made time, they cooked. So the point is, why is society looking down on cooking? Why is society looking down on all of these things? Because there's an industry that's showing you that it's an easier way to make it work. But we know that most of the food coming from these restaurants, number one, have refined oils, too much of oil more oil than required, salt, sugar, fat, everything that makes the, tiffy, the food taste good so that you come back again and order. And that is why it's destroying lifestyles. So we need to go back to home-cooked meals, our local ingredients. I'm okay with global ingredients as well because the health has become global today. Choose local first. But if you're a patient of cancer and a kiwi fruit can help you recover from your radiation effects, I will use it. So the problem is have an open mind, but of course, choose local first because it is in line with your geography, the climate, the weather, and your immune system. So this is what you do at a physical level when it comes to foods and stuff like that. The more sugar you have, the more you're going to crave it. The more yeah. junk you have, the more you're going to crave it. As simple as that. You know, and when it comes to your mind, I think it all comes down to introspection again. People are spending too much of time on social media. Mm. People are consuming too much of content. With so much of content that you're consuming, why isn't the world becoming a better place? <laughs> because all content without practice without is practice. useless. People are just reading spiritual books but not practicing it. So they're just becoming spiritual fads, knowledge fads, content fads, social media fads. And it's mentally depleting you emotionally as well. People spend more time on social media comparing their bodies, their lives, their bank accounts with one another. And it's ruining them. But social media is also great because if you follow the right account, you can also learn. You can yes. become aware. You can be educated, but most people are not mindful enough to do that. And then, of course, you have entitlement in society. Society is making everyone weak through comfort. Society is giving freedom to everyone to be who they want to be. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but if something is wrong, you've got to call it out. You can't find a way around to make everyone happy, please everyone happy, because that's what, that's what the community wants today. They've become emotionally weak and they're crumbling. And again, it's not because Luke's saying it, it's in the numbers, statistics of depression, you know, and all of these things and stuff like that. So people are no longer strong emotionally. People have become so weak, whether it's parents, whether it's kids, it's teenagers, it's adults. The, the system is weak right now, most people. And so the first step is responsibility. 
responsibility that I am not entitled to anything. Okay? If love doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't mean I'm depressed. If someone said something bad to me, it doesn't mean I label myself as depressed. If I fail, it doesn't mean I'm depressed. If I didn't get a promotion, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm depressed. But the point is the world supports this today. And that's why they've given power. People have given their power away to be controlled. And all of a sudden, they like to label themselves with these things. So you see, and then you, you don't have, people are not understanding that all of these climate issues, while there are a few groups working towards it, what about everyone else? They don't care because they're not mindful. They think they're entitled. Why should we make a change? Because they take it for granted. So you need really strong emotional support not to take things like nature for granted, climate, your own body, your own health. So the people who don't value these things don't value their own lives and they won't value the lives of others as well. And that is why it is so important for people to start building meditation practices, reflection, ground themselves with spirituality, religion. That's up to you. But just try to be a better human being. People are so weak that they need groups of people around them to uplift them. So they do anything to fit in. They'll smoke, they do drugs, they'll excessively drink alcohol just to feel included. You even have extreme groups. You know, people who get into extremes, they put down other people's diets, other people's religions. Why? Because it gives them a sense of identity and attention. So what you can really see in today's world is people starved for attention, starved for respect and admiration, which they never find on social media. And they never find if they don't earn it. People don't want to work hard. They don't want to sacrifice. They, they believe everything should be easy. And you can see that in social media. Easy ways for a six-pack. Easy ways to become a billionaire. Easy ways to... So, you know, why should it be easy? Why can't it be difficult? Why can't there be sacrifice? Why can't there be suffering? Because if there's no suffering, there's no value. If there's no value, then people don't care about it. So sex has become mindless. Apps that, you know, like they, they're considered dating apps, but they're only apps for, for weak people to find sex. My point is, it's not making you stronger. It's making you weaker. And then your social media where women said, oh, there are no guys available. And guys say there are no women available. It, they're, they're all available. It's just that it's just that you all have built so many standards, false standards around each other and mindsets of disbelief, which have become your belief systems, that it doesn't exist. Because what about the people who are falling in love, who are finding partners, who are doing it the right way? I can understand if no one was, right? So then you find all these groups on social media and they find conformity. And so those groups become bigger and bigger. Mm. And they're just negative groups that can never improve or manifest because they're amongst the wrong company. So you see, everything is possible. Good health is possible in a world with bad climate, bad pesticides and food, because there are people who are managing it with consistency and discipline, physical as well as emotional. And there are people who are not managing it. So the possibility and hope does exist. You know, you said it right. And I think yesterday only I read your post on Insta where you mentioned about, you know, miracles happening and then, you know, imagining it and just surrendering it. You know, like for me, what took the longest time was to just surrender. I kept thinking on when it will happen, how it will happen, why is it not happening to me? But the moment I realized that, Shwata, you need to surrender. So just keep doing what you're doing and surrender. And that surrendering came after like a lot of difficulty. Even there's another thing that you're talking about, say, you know, people wanting six pack and, you know, all these things. Like, I really feel that we need to have action plan to achieve that because dreams without goals just give sheer disappointment. Absolutely. There has to be an action plan for everything, followed by consistency. Mm. It's as simple as that. People who are not achieving their health goals, weight goals, relationship goals, you can sit them down and what you're going to find is they know what to do. They're just not doing it consistently. Or they know what they're supposed to do, but they don't do what they say they'll do and what they're supposed to do. 
it always comes down to that. Very few complicated cases require complication, like certain you know medical cases and stuff. The rest of them are a function of people not doing what they're supposed to do or not doing what they say they will do. And that, that's where it comes down to simplicity. So again, climate control is the solution to climate control is each person playing their part. That's it. But we sit back and say, oh, the government's not doing this. This is not doing that. Start with, start in your own village yes. where you live or your city or your community or your building. Start with that. Start with that. But the point is people don't do what they're supposed to do. And that's the biggest problem. I'm so glad you said that, Luke. You know, like I always tell people this thing that if we just, you know, contribute whatever skill you have, you you like know health, say someone knows music, other knows graphic designing and just integrate that into climate action with little mindfulness. You know, Absolutely. we could really lead a revolution and we could be more healthier, more happier. And I also feel this one thing, like correct me if I'm wrong, I feel that, you know, when you attach your purpose and your vision towards climate action, you're adding a value to your life. Your life is more value driven. You Like you feel, okay, I'm living for something. I'm doing something valuable in my life. Also, Luke, you know, coming back to, I also want to uh, talk to you about UCARE because I see you've built an amazing platform with UCARE. So what was your approach there? And also, you know, I read this thing that today, you know, like, for example, if I have to get the same amount of, you know, nutrition from orange, I would have to say consume 50 oranges as compared to one orange in 1950s. So, you know, while uh, like I know a lot of people practicing regenerative farming and, you know, like, but still not many people are really able to access organic uh, produce. So what would you say? Like, should we really go with the normal produce that's available or like how should we go about it? No, go with the normal produce because organic in our country has most loopholes. Most people are not doing it ethically or honestly. And that's why we built the UK platform. It was not my idea. It was one of my patients' ideas because when our patients from around the world ask us, what should we eat? We give them different links from different sites. One of my patients said, Luke, you know, uh, why don't you just put it together in one platform? Every product, every produce that you, your team verify, so we can just come over there and buy whatever we want. And that's when we thought, you know, there are so many people doing ethical work out there, but they are mixed with the people doing unethical work on massive platforms, whether it's Flipkart, Amazon. Most people don't have the right certifications. We noticed because we found out while we were building UK. Because when vendors came to us and we said, where are your certificates? They said, no one else asked for it. So we don't need it because it's expensive to get a certification for certain things. So that's when we realized there were loopholes and most of the products that we think are healthy may not be healthy. And that's why they're disguised in fancy packaging and discounts and deep discounts and all of that stuff. So the point is we put a platform together, which was called UK Lifestyle, where every single product on that is verified by a team of nutritionists, by a team of food scientists. Even the FSSA licensing and everything is verified. Or if you sing your organic, everything is verified. And we're trying to get farmers around the country who are doing ethical work to come onto our platform. So there's no middleman. And they can sell directly to the consumer. You know, so we've started off. It's doing really well. We have over 10,000 people who are constant on our site purchasing. And the beauty is more and more vendors are coming to us. How can we be on your site? And a lot of them are open to making changes because when we reject them, they're like, okay, what can we do? And they'll change. They'll change those ingredients. They'll tweak the product. So these are ethical vendors who want a good product for the consumer. And there are many vendors who come and say like, why should I change it and stuff like that? Because they're only interested in money. So of course, everyone's interested in money, but money can also be a byproduct of value that you give. So by doing this, we're trying to create a legacy for the generations to come as well. So there's one shop or one store online, offline, where you know whatever's on that, you can buy blindly. And we're trying, to, we're trying to stabilize the market of pricing as well because organic is priced differently. Some people charge 
five, 2,000 rupees for a bottle of coconut oil, some people will charge 500. But the ingredient is the same. So by keeping these vendors, people ask a question that what's the difference between your coconut oil and this brand? There's such a price difference. And then you realize there's no difference. So these, this causes the forces the vendors to normalize their pricing. So cold pressed virgin coconut oil should be literally the same price. Literally, because that's how it is. Maybe if the packaging is different, a few hundred year in there, but it cannot be a massive difference. So it's also stabilizing the pricing of organic food and sustainable food in a huge way. And uh, yeah, so you are right because of the soil quality change and spinach cannot give us the kind of vitamin C or magnesium that we think it is. And that's why it is so important for people to understand regenerative farming, soil quality, you know, mixing crops and growing them together. It's happening. It's going to be slow, but it is already happening. So yes, when we have an ethical farmer producing for us, we should support them. So they have the they have the incentive to grow more and more. Yeah. But most people don't do that. They start off because they feel they want to be healthy for a week and then they go back to convenience. Mm-hmm. Instamart that can give you vegetables in 10 minutes, but you don't know where it's coming from. They slapped on organic, ask them for certifications. Most of them will not have any. You know, so my point is, it's the people at the end of the day who have to support all these initiatives if they want it to become mainstream for them. The people just want convenience, so they don't care about it. And that's why we have that problem. And again, that comes back to mindfulness. How mindful are we that what are we putting into our bodies? If we would be mindful, we would be like really tracking the entire supply chain, where it's coming from, how it's grown. Absolutely. My point is you protecting your dog. Great. What about your fellow human being who you're, you, you're still fighting with? You have property cases on, you're slandering them in public. What about that? You know, my point is people are not seeing this. Be a pet lover. What about treating human beings in your own society the right way as well? So the point is a lot of these things are attention-seeking mechanisms. I love, I love pets. But the point is we got to love human beings as well, right? Go and love wild animals. How many of these people really come out onto the road and actually take stray dogs? Very few people. They want their domesticated, expensive dogs and cats. And first of all, they're feeding them pedigree food and crap food, which is not even real for animals. Today, dogs are getting cancer. Can you believe that? Why? Because of the food they're eating. So these so-called pet lovers, okay, have issues in their heads. They want a pet. They want love from their pet, but they're feeding them junk because they don't want to cook food for their pets. They don't want to bring them up the right way. You want to keep huskies in an air-conditioned environment room in a place like Bombay where the heat is so much. For sure, those dogs are not meant to be in our country. So my point is, you know, when you really break it down, these people try to project that they're animal lovers, but they're far from that. There are, of course, very genuine ones. So yes, it comes back to mental health and emotional health again. And, you know, Luke, like as we approach the last end, like my second last question to you would be that, you know, we have talked a lot about building a strong mindset, like empowering ourselves mentally. But where do we really start from? Like give us one or two ways where an individual listening to you right now can start right now at this his or her home. So number one, you are responsible for your own health, period. Not your nutritionist, not your coach, not your shrink, no one. You are responsible. You can take help, but you are responsible. No one wants to take responsibility because they don't want to put in the work. Number two, if you want great mental health and emotional health, understand that life is with suffering. It is with sacrifice. There will be ups, there will be downs, there'll be happiness and sadness. Too many people think I'm rich, I'm famous, so I'm only entitled to the best. Right then your suffering has started. Your mental health is weak, your emotional health is weak. Distance yourself from social media and content. Use it. But if it is primarily your day, you have messed up emotional and mental health, period. Because even the most enlightened people cannot control the algorithm on social media. 
Okay, and automatically your mind is always going to be judging and always comparing. So distance from social media. Get your sleep right. If you sleep right, it's like recharging millions of little batteries in your body and in your brain. You wake up with more mindfulness and awareness. If you're sleep deprived, you're not mindful. You start reacting to life. You start becoming, a, you know, a pro- literally, literally you start becoming like, you know, a slave to life because you don't have mindfulness and awareness to make decisions. Okay, so all of these, including your food and exercise, so many people are sedentary. You cannot have great mental health if you are sedentary. It comes to love, so many breakups. So what's the big deal? Whoever told you that love has to work for you the first time, second time, third time, or the fourth time? It doesn't mean you give up and label yourself as depressed and start taking a laundry list of medication. So my point is be real with yourself. Okay, if you've gotten weak, get strong. Okay, take help. But the point is you are responsible for your mental and emotional wellness. Thank you, Luke, for sharing that. And my last question to you would be that, you know, what would be your advice to healthcare organizations of the future to, say, build climate resilient systems? Or, like, what would you say to the healthcare organization that, okay, this is the kind of systems you need to build for future? Yeah, they need to build the fundamentals, the basics of addressing the root cause of the problem, whether it's in nature, whether it's in your patient's body. No one's looking at the root cause. Mm. Absolutely no one. So the fundamentals, every patient out there needs to know for their body, their internal environment and the external environment, which is the climate. Number one, they're responsible to, okay, it's the choices that they make, nutrition, exercise, you know, your sleep, your emotional wellness, all of these things are so important. Just imagine how much of electricity and energy would be saved if everyone went to sleep at the same time and woke up at the same time. Just think about it. Lights would be up. Just think about it. Yep. Look at the pandemic. What did the pandemic do? It cleaned up the air of so many cities. So my point is there should be controlled pandemics from time, not pandemics, there should be controlled lockdowns from time to time. Everyone should be given notice and everyone should be given the options to be comfortable and you should actually shut down complete cities one at a time for three, four, five days. People will connect with their families more. Emergencies go to a hospital, but it'll be such a beautiful way of living. And finally, the world is going to be forced to do this because it is the only way to control it if people don't make the change. You know, like it just stuck me the way you said that, you know, if everyone could go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time, like this is the power that, you know, like really active lifestyle, leading a good life can actually have. And like how all these things are interrelated to climate change and climate action. I think it's it's really beautiful. But uh, having said that, thank you, Liu. Thank you for being with us here today. And thank you for sharing all that. Like, really, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been great being here. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you.